Very good evening to our listeners on Manx Radio AM 1368. I'm Rob Pritchard and welcome to Saturday Sport Classified, your latest roundup of all the football, hockey and rugby results across a packed schedule this Saturday over the next hour or so. We're going to turn to football first and before we get to our local fixtures, we'll take a look at the Northwest Counties Football League Premier Division where FC Isle of Man have now recorded back-to-back victories after a hard-fought 1-0 win away at Barnoldswick Town in the NWCFL Premier division this afternoon. Young striker Tom Creer getting his second goal in as many games to bring all three points back to Manx Shores. Well at full time I spoke to FC Alaman interim manager Paul Jones to get his thoughts on his side digging deep for the win. Yeah a gritty one to be honest you know the pitch was was quite heavy again um, and and, you know there wasn't a huge amount of football played but you know we showed, showed an awful lot of resilience especially in the second half and you know they they created a few chances. They you know playing eight eight players in the box and knocking long balls into into our area to put us under a little bit of pressure. But you know the lads were fantastic again, and that's the third half of football now that we've not conceded a goal. And you know when you do that, you always give yourself a chance of winning games. And you know we've had a couple of chances in the second half, and and, and Tom Creers put one away after a really good bit of um, work from Charlie Higgins and, and his cross across the six-yard box and Tom was just there to poke it home. So, no, we're really, really happy. It's um, another another bit of progress towards kind of turning our league position around, but um, a really strong performance. And as I said to you on Thursday when we spoke, if we have a good performance, it gives us a chance to win a game of football and that's happened today. You mentioned him there, your match winner, Tom Creer. That's his second goal in as many games. How uh, how much confidence is running through him at the moment? I hope quite a lot. You know, he, he what he gives the team off the ball as well in terms of his running when we don't have it to really make it difficult for defenders to to be comfortable on the ball. You know, he's absolutely fantastic with his work ethic and energy. So um, it's always nice to get that dividend for him really with a, with a goal and. Um, you know, he, he doesn't need many chances, Tom. Anyone who's watched him in local football knows he's a very good finisher of the ball and, and we've been fortunate to give him a couple of opportunities and he's made a couple of opportunities himself and he's put it away. So, no, I'm really happy for him. But I think, you know, we spoke before the game. We feel like we're building a little bit of momentum and confidence in the group. And, you know, this will have done wonders for everybody, not just Tom. And in terms of, you mentioned that it was uh, maybe not as fluid a game as you've had in the past on this maybe particular pitch or against this particular team. But what does that say about your team's character that maybe when the game's not flowing so much that they're still staying, staying resilient, particularly defensively? Yeah, 100%, Rob. That's, it's really important. And, you know, we, we again had an awful, awful lot of young players, you know, under 21s, under 20s on the pitch. And for them to come out and come to a club who's in a really rich vein of form and beating and, you know, playing well against teams that are high up in our league, um, to come here and withstand a real physical test with some um, experienced players, hopefully stands them in really good stead. You know, to they've really battled, um, you know, they put their foot in where they needed to. They, they've played some not particularly pretty football at times, but, you know, that's what you need to do sometimes. When we when we had a chop opportunity to play, we played and the goal came for some really good, really good football. But yeah, the, the other 89 minutes of the game was the other side of it and, and everyone showed that they could do that for 90 minutes. And um, yeah, really pleased for them. They've, they've been excellent. Off the back of this result, another game against a team in a similar position to you, Litherland coming up at home next week. What are the big messages you're taking from the last two results, including today, that are going to be really key to getting a result next time you're in action at the Bowl next Saturday? Yeah, it's um, it's, it's more of the same, really, Rob. You know, we... we we have to match. Well, we have to more than match people with our energy and intensity, and make sure that when we're moving around the pitch, we're doing it as a group of eleven players and not just one in ones and twos. And you know, if we if we do that and we we're in the right places on the pitch more often than not, then we've got really good players when we win the ball back to to go and cause teams some problems. So. You know, hopefully we can keep building on that. You know, we'll have another good couple of sessions on Tuesday and Thursday, uh, which will build on the work that we're already doing. And then hopefully we're, you know, we see a little bit more progress on the pitch on Saturday, and, and we put in another really good shift and good performance. And we, you know, we end up with a result at the end of the game. 
That's Paul Jones, interim manager of FC Isle of Man after FC Isle of Man's hard-fought 1-0 win away at Barnoldswick Town in the NWCFL Premier Division earlier this afternoon. Well, the win means that FC Isle of Man go level on points with Barnoldswick Town in the division on 23 points. And crucially, there's now an 11-point gap between FC Isle of Man and the relegation zone, the bottom two places. Well, before we take a look at some of the local fixtures, he's been collating all the data furiously in the last few minutes. We'll just get the first words this evening from uh, Tony Meppen. Well, Tony, very good evening to you. Good evening to you, Rob. Well, taking a look at that, just to start with, Barnoldswick Town nil, FC Alabama 1, Tom Creer, second goal in as many games as well, deciding the game. How big a three points is that for FC Alabama? Well, it's a huge three points, and you've just rightly said, it just takes them away from the, the danger part of the table, doesn't it? And uh, two impressive results. The big thing about it is, Rob, they tighten things up at the back. If you remember, we were speaking about it three weeks ago. They weren't scoring many and conceding a lot. Uh, okay, they've uh, got uh, two last week. They've got one this week, but it's the way they've tightened things up at the back. And well done to, you know, people like uh, Phil Kelly who's come in and playing an unusual position because he normally plays right back for his club, and he's played centre back before. Didn't quite work, but him and Alex Maitland seem to have this really good partnership. James Rice has been in good form, and then when you look at Jacob Crook and also uh, Morgan Taylor, you know, uh, Morgan, he, he's he's done really well because he's a small player. But he's a tricky little player and he's played at that right-back position uh, for the Ireland team. So uh, it's good. They've kept things nice and solid at the back. And uh, Tom Cree at the moment is uh, on fire. You know, he scored one goal, but he's causing all sorts of problems. And uh, that's what you need. Speaking of the younger players, speaking to Paul Jones ahead of this game, he said that with some of the younger players that have been given an opportunity in recent weeks, uh, that the the attitude of the young players is quite infectious amongst the group. It brings a freedom and a fresh energy. Do you think going forward, whilst they're still adapting to this level, that sort of confidence, I suppose, uh, being able to exude that on the pitch will be good in developing them, but also getting results? Well, it is because uh, if you think back a few weeks ago, Tienan Garvey, when he made his uh, debut and got man of the match and did really well, and it's, yeah, it's confidence building for them. And, you know, maybe the younger ones come into the, the starting lineup or on the subs bench and they go, well, I'm not too sure about this. Am I worthy of my position? Well, I think now they're showing that they are. And you always, the saying in sport, and you know it is yourself in hockey, is if you've got better players around you, you play better yourself uh, and you just feel part of it. And uh, Tom Creer, I thought at the start of the season, um, was a, a person that Blaine Slattery would have brought into his squad, but he wanted to have a look at him. And the way it is, FC Alleman have uh, got him now and he's proven his worth. And when you look at some players who are coming back from injury as well, it's making things look uh, pretty good at the moment for the squad at FC Alleman. Well, there you go, FC Alleman, three points today at Barnoldswick Town. Well, let's take a look because the last couple of minutes we've just been getting the scores together from the Manx Footballing League across the divisions this Saturday, and we do have them right now. Still, I believe one result just outstanding, but we may be able to get to that in a couple of minutes' time. So here are your classified Manx football results for Saturday, the 3rd of December. Starting with the Canada Life Men's Premier League. Peel 4, Ramsey 1. Air United 2, Corinthians 4. St George's 1, Douglas Royal 4. St John's 1, Douglas High School Old Boys 2. Union Mills 5, Onken 0. Russian United 2, Laxey 1. In DPS Limited Division 2, St Mary's versus Governors Athletic, the early kickoff awaiting result. Castletown 5, Foxdale, 4. Colby, 2. Braddon, 7. Michael, 3. Ramsey Youth Centre and Old Boys, 2. In Canada Life, Combination, 1. Onken, 5. Laxey, 1. Moran versus Douglas High School Old Boys, awaiting result. Ramsey, 4. St John's, 2. Corinthians, 0. Peel, 2. And DPS Limited, Combination 2. Braddon 8, Colby 1. Foxdale versus Castletown, awaiting result. Malou 5, Paul Rose 4. And Ramsey Youth Centre and Old Boys 3, Michael 1. And that concludes the classified results so far for the Manx footballing divisions this Saturday, the 3rd of December. 
Well, Tony, we'll bring you back into things once again here. We'll uh, start with the Canada Life Men's Premier League and Peel. Well, they went into this with a six-point gap at the top of the Canada Life Men's Premier League, and they've held on to that today against a Ramsey side who were re- really pushing for those Decart Railway Cup places. But that's going to take a blow with Ramsey going down 4-1 away at Peel. Yeah, I think uh, Ramsey, uh, I haven't done the maths yet. We'll have a look at the league tables in a minute, but I think that's them done. Uh, they can't get into the uh, Decart semi-finals. I could be wrong on that one. But uh, today, uh, Reese Oates with a couple of goals and it was Reese who uh, started it off. And uh, Lee Gale with one and uh, congealed uh, Dylan uh, got the other one. I think I've got a little bit of a report on this one, which I can give to you. Was, um, yeah, Reese Oates two, Lee Gale and Connaught Dillon. Ramsey one, Chris Duggan. Uh, Reese Oates opened the scoring after three minutes, but Ramsey matched Peel up to the interval. Lee Gale scored eight seconds into the second half, which changed the game. And Reese Oates uh, made it 3-0 five minutes later. So uh, 51 minutes, uh, certainly Peel 3-0 sitting comfortable. Chris Duggan thundered one in from a narrow angle to reduce the arrears, but with a minute to go, Lewis Moran played in young substitute Corneal Dillon, who marked his first team debut with his final goal of the game. So a terrific result. Keeps uh, Peel top of the table well and truly. 28 points, and uh, there's still six points clear of Uni Mills. What's making then the team to beat at the moment? Because it has been quite close up until maybe the last couple of weeks when Peel have extended that advantage between those top teams. What's making them the team to beat at the moment? I think consistency is the one for Peel. Uh, they drew with Corinthians earlier on in the season. Uh, but when you look at the other clubs uh, just below them, uh, they've dropped uh, silly points against sides you'd expect them to win. And uh, Peel haven't done that. And I watched them last week and uh, they work hard and there's still two or three uh, what I would call first-team players missing. So Daniel Bell's in a good position and um, the important thing for them is that qualifies them for the Decart Railway Cup now. So they're in there. Uh, we've got rearranged fixtures again next week. We've changed it round a little bit just to see if we can get our four qualified. Uh, but uh, yeah, Peel, I think everyone knew at the start of the season they were going to be a team that would be right up there. And they're proving that. And uh, a lot of it goes down to the quality you've got up front. And when you talk of results, you talk of Lee Gale, there you go. That's why they're doing well. Before we move on in the Premier League, two more results have just come through. Thanks very much for sending those through to the studio. DPS Limited Division 2, St Mary's 14, Governors Athletic 0. And also in DPS Limited Combination 2, Foxdale 3, Castletown 3. Before we come to those, we'll stay with the Canada Life Men's Premier League. Air United versus Corinthians. Air United 2, Corinthians 4. And it was Air United who actually took control of this game, Tony. Yeah, they did. And Air United were uh, 2-0 up after 30 minutes. So they were looking good. I think Sean Kelly got the first one. I did say if he played uh, with that tight pitch up there, if he pings one, then there's a good chance it's going to go for goal. And it was uh, Harry Best who got the second one. I believe Jamie uh, Callister had three attempts uh, and hit the bar. So uh, it wasn't all sort of one-way traffic. But uh, Corinthians, it was uh, Josh Ryden who scored from the penalty spot. Uh, Jay Chatwood uh, scored one. Ryan Gartland, Danny Gerrard. Sorry, Danny, he's not the tallest of players, but he scored uh, with a header. Dan Simpson, corner it was, and uh, he finished it off. But uh, good um, first half an hour by Air United. But then when uh, Corinthians sorted out whatever problems there were, they got it back together and um, the penalty was awarded. I think it was an infringement by Nick Hurt, player manager. And uh, at least Josh uh, held his nerve and scored it. Good result for Corinthians. And uh, I'll do the sums in a minute, but that puts them in the driving seat as well to qualify with a rearranged game against Union Mills next week uh, to uh, seal it. I believe I'm right in saying Corinthians still undefeated as well. They are. I don't like saying that word. Uh, they've had uh, two draws, one against uh, Peel, but yeah, they are. And uh, when you look at uh, sort of the league tables now with another score will come at the minute, it's changing just a little bit because Peel are miles ahead, if you like, six points clear. But they have uh, played 11 games just like Union Mills, but then below them, uh, St John's have played a game less, uh, Corinthians have played three games less and uh, Ramsey have played a game less and Laxey had played a game less. So, you know, by the time those sides play the rearranged fixtures and maybe get points on the board, it will tighten it up. But at the moment, Peel are the team to beat. Very well. And uh, then we move on to a battle towards the bottom of the Canada Life Men's Premier League. And this result might have some extra connotations further down the line. St George's hosted Douglas Royal and it was the visitors with a very important three points coming from this. It finished St George's 1, Douglas Royal 4. 
Yeah, and that's a great result for uh, Douglas Royal. And we touched on at lunchtime. Uh, they found it tough lately, uh, losing players to FC Alaman. Uh, but today they got it right. And uh, young player Harley Jackson got two. Well done, Harley. James Clark got one and uh, Sean Trailer 4-1 it was in the end for uh, Douglas Royal. Haven't got uh, St George's goal scorer. Bit of a report. Thank you very much, Michael Fitzmaurice, for this. Geordies went one up early second half, but Royals uh, responded to the setback uh, well up their game and ended up deservedly winning. Geordies went down to 10 players near the end because they only started the game with 12, uh, whether, I don't think there's any red cards, but whether there's injuries or whatever. Uh, but uh, St George's are in trouble at the bottom of the table because uh, certainly with uh, losing that uh, game, that one keeps them next to the bottom. And when you look at uh, sort of Moran, uh, you know, they're also under a little bit of pressure there. So those two sides need to get some points from somewhere. And where are they going to come from if they are in just, as you say, just maybe a bit of a, a rut still at the moment? Where do you see them possibly gaining some ground? Well, I always say if you get 14 points plus, you, you should be safe. Uh, when you look at uh, St George's, they're blessed now with Chris Bass. Junior coming back into the squad. They've got Sean Quay, who played today, back in the squad. Kieran McNulty as well is not FCL of Man, so he's come back into the squad. So it just helps, but it's just getting the other people uh, fit. And Ashley Higginbottom's one who they could do within there, Sam Kane as well. So when you look at that five or six players, Rob, you know, that's like an FC Isle of Man team. Um, so it's just getting those players available for them to play and uh, see if uh, they can try and get some points on the board. It's not panic stations. They've only played 10, so they've got 14 games to go. But you do want to sort of breathe some sort of, uh, if you like, life into the team because you don't like getting beat week in week out and that's what's happening to St George's at the moment have to wait and see how the season pans out we'll back out to the west again St John's hosted Douglas High School Old Boys and I think this raised a, a little bit of an eyebrow this result a big result for the visitors Douglas High School Old Boys they beat St John's by two goals to one yeah and at lunchtime I just thought it was uh, a no-brainer that you would go for uh, St John's to win this one I don't know who got the goal if you could text us through please 166 177 but uh, the evergreen Martin King he's whatever 35 36 uh, at the back for uh, old boys he got one Ryan Healy by all accounts was a 30 yarder and the goalkeeper stood no chance at all and a great note as well Anthony Page superb referee in today so take a bow Anthony good performance by him and a great three points for Douglas High School Old Boys because now they've played nine for uh, eight points and they uh, sort of uh, a little bit more comfortable but with Russian winning today they still haven't climbed up a position in that table. Very well, moving on. And Union Mills versus Uncombe. We looked at Union Mills, as we have done for the last couple of weeks, at the great form they've been in, and they've continued it again this week, haven't they, Tony? Yeah, defensively uh, it wasn't too good because uh, last time I heard, Rob, it was 4-2 to Union Mills, and I'm guessing that was about 15 minutes from the end. Uh, so I don't know what went wrong, but uh, Leo Fox, he scored two against his old club. It's always nice to do that. And uh, Tom Lancaster got one and an own goal as well. Haven't got Union Mills goal scorers, so if you could text us through, please, 166177. But it doesn't matter. The important thing is Union Mills get the three points. They go on to 22 points and uh, they move uh, three points now ahead of St John's. Very good result for them. I feel deceived, Tony, because I've got it written down here. You put it as Union Mills 5, Onkin nil. That's not the case, no, is it? No, 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 5-4. Five, 5-4 four. Five, four it was. There we go. Cracking game. And also as well, well, Tony, you wrote this one down south as well between Russian United and Laxey. Close contest, but the Southerners coming out on top, Russian United beating Laxey by two goals to one. Yeah, and it was all down to uh, the first sort of 10 or so minutes, I think, in this game, uh, because uh, Russian, it was a good cross in from the right-hand side and Aaron Hawley was there and uh, headed it. He headed it the right way. It was like a rubberneck job and uh, went to the goalkeeper's left-hand side, hit the bar, came down. He had another pop at goal. It didn't go in. And then it uh, came out and uh, there was uh, the number 11, Lewis Fox, to uh, hit it. Now, we thought he got the goal, but evidently Jordan Watterson got a touch to it as it was going in because uh, it was going wide, he thought. Uh, so the goal has been awarded to uh, Jordan Watterson from the pools panel, if you like. And that uh, gave Rush in the lead. And then it was uh, about eight or nine minutes later, uh, the second one went in. Similar sort of setup. Jack Thompson it was. This time he found himself in the penalty area. Put it past uh, the keeper uh, to make it uh, 2-0. Now, the second half, you expected everything to happen, but it was a lot tighter. Russian didn't have too many chances. Um, Laxey had a few chances. 
Uh, but uh, towards the end, it was uh, Tom Smith who bundled the ball over the line. Uh, but uh, the goalkeeper reacted. It was just like um, Adam Killier did uh, Corinthians against St John's. You can't do that. He pushed the player. And uh, David Kelly, who I thought was absolutely superb today in that game, uh, gave him his uh, second yellow. Red card it was, and off he went. So Aaron Hawley took up the goalkeeper's gloves. They were down to 10 for about three or four minutes. Uh, they didn't uh, get another chance, Laxey, and the three points go to uh, Russian. But uh, they worked hard. But uh, Laxey today, I thought it was them to win it because the squad that they had out was so strong, uh, but it just didn't come together for them, and uh, they'll be disappointed with that. Before we move on to Division 2, talking about maths, I think it is, because as you've uh, pointed out as the FA this week, uh, arrangements being sorted around the Decart Railway yeah. Cup. Is there a realistic chance that by the 10th of December, so next Saturday, we could have those top four in place and confirmed? Yeah, I think we'll be OK, uh, hopefully. Weather permitting, that's the key one. And uh, where some of the results have gone uh, today, you know, because uh, now Peel have played 11 games, so they'll finish their competition next week I think they've got a game Union Mills have played 11 St John's are on uh, 10 games now with uh, 19 points then you've got Corinthians who have only played 8 for uh, 20 points then when you look at uh, Ramsey who have played 10 for uh, 14 points and then you've got uh, Laxey who have played 10 for 14 points and then A United who was the one that we were looking just below that they have now played 9 games for uh, 13 points so you know, at the moment, when you look at uh, A United, you put another nine on that, that's 22. Uh, Laxey can uh, get another six points, so they could go on to 20. Ramsey could get another six points, they could go on to 20. So uh, the way I see it is uh, St John's could do with another sort of uh, three, po- three points, really, to make themselves safe. Corinthians probably get away with maybe one point. So St John's have got a rearranged fixture next week, so have Corinthians, so if the results go our way then that means we can get the semi-finals on on the 17th very well, well wait and see plenty of uh, space? D- data still to be <laughs> put into place i think it's fair to say okay let's have a quick look through the other divisions today dps limited division two will st mary's took on governor's athletics st mary's out in front in division two and they've shown it again today in the, a day to forget for governor's athletics st mary's beating governor's athletic by 14 goals to nil yeah it was always going to be a tough fair uh, game for them and thanks to anthony dooley for the results because half time it was eight nil rob so good performance by them in the first 45 minutes and owen canopy coming back from injury uh, over the last uh, couple of games he got four chris asbridge got three uh, josh evans got a couple i wonder if they were both headers uh, will coyle got a couple of goals and uh, joe burquist steve collister and james murphy completed the scoring for st mary's comfortable victory in the end st mary's 14 governor's athletic nil and just a quick note about Union Mills. Actually, you mentioned you were looking for goal scorers yep. from the Canada Life Men's Premier League game. We've just had those through. Thank you very much for sending those in. Uh, Tyler Hughes with a brace, so two goals for him. And then goals apiece for Luke Booth, Matthew Milligan and Will Miller in that Union Mills result. We're moving back now to Division 2 then. And the team's trying to chase St Mary's down, all making statements as well this week. Castletown took on Foxdale in what was expected to be a very close game. And we did have an absolute thriller down south, it seems. But Castletown getting the points they needed, but only just beating Foxdale by five goals to four. Yeah, bizarre uh, first half because it was uh, Castletown nil, Foxdale two. Uh, trying to get uh, Foxdale's goal scorers through. But uh, for Castletown, usual suspects. Edward De Silva got two goals. Uh, Nathan Cardi on the score sheet. Alex Crawley and Junior De Silva. So a great uh, second-half performance scoring those uh, five goals. We haven't got the uh, scorers through for Foxdale just yet. But just shows you that they're up there. They're competing with like St Mary's and uh, Castletown. So with those uh, two results in today, the... League table doesn't change at the top. St Mary's now have played 10 for 23. Castletown have played 7 for 18. So a good battle between those two. And then you can't forget Braddon. We'll come to their score in a minute. Braddon are in third and Michael are in fourth. And I've been reliably informed that uh, Josh Evans' second goal for St Mary's, you were talking about how they were scored. I've just been told here that it was scored from the halfway line. Wow. Josh will uh, live on that one tonight. I'm Not sure. too bad, that is it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on to Colby versus Braddon and the uh, Braddon side that have uh, opened a few people's eyes this season with some impressive performances. They've done so again, winning away at Colby by seven goals to two. Yeah, good performance there by them. And Callum Holden, uh, one of the stars again, he got three. Mark O'Neill on the score sheet with just one goal. Joe Burrows got one and Nick Hatton got two. 
I'll, Jordan Edge got one for Colby, and it's your writing, Rob, so I'll let you look at your sheet. Who got the other one? Connor somebody? Uh, Connor Morton. Connor Morton, good man, uh, got the other goal for Colby. So that's a great result for Braddon because I didn't expect it to be that wide. I know Colby are uh, a little bit down on the table. They're eighth, Braddon are third. But, uh, you know, Braddon are still on the same points as uh, Castletown. The seven goals today will have done their goal difference a world of good as well. And um, it's starting to look like those four, St Mary's, Castletown, Braddon and Man- Michael United, the champions are going to come from there. One of the names you mentioned last there is a battle up in the north between Michael. They were hosting Ramsey Youth Centre and another close game here. But Michael, again, also getting an important three points on the board, just beating Ramsey Youth Centre by three goals to two. But when you look at the league tables, Michael have played six this morning and uh, Ramsey Youth Centre uh, played eight and both on the same points. So Ramsey Youth Centre have crept up. Uh, but uh, today it was Martin Murphy who got both goals for Ramsey Youth Centre. Haven't got Michael's goal scorers through, so if they can text us through... 166177 and we'll give them a mention. Okay, let's move into Canada Life Combi 1 there. We'll have a quick rattle through these. Onken 5, Laxi 1. And that's all the information we've got. Goal scorers, please, if you could, but uh, good result that for Onken against uh, a younger Laxi side. Any goal scorers, do send them in 166177. But we don't have a score yet as well for Moran versus Douglas High School Old Boys. Tony, I don't know I've if you've it. had any yeah, of it. Oh, here we do. Yes, in. Tony has an update for us. Moran 5, Old Boys 1. Thanks, Dean. Dean Turton, he's just trying to get the goal scorers now off their manager. Uh, but, uh, you know, Old Boys again struggling down towards the bottom of the table. Couldn't do much about it today against a Moran side who were in good form. Good result from around there. Yeah. And then we have Ramsey 4, St John's 2. Yeah, and I've got that through actually from one of the players and he says it was 3-2 to Ramsey. So we'll get that one checked. But uh, Lewis Taylor got one of the goals for St. John's. Keen Lease got the uh, second one. And uh, we'll just check on that one. But I've got here and I think it'll be right. It was Ramsey 3, St. John's 2. And just a quick message in. Thank you very much for this. The Michael scorers against Ramsey Youth Centre mm-hmm. were Kieran Lane, Carl Moore and Sam Greasley. Your three goal scorers for Michael in that 3-2 win over Ramsey Youth Centre and uh, rounding off Canada Life Combination 1 Corinthians nil, Peel 2 Always going to be a tough game uh, for Corinthians because you know Peel are competing with Russian at the top of the table and uh, you know when you look at uh, Russian still undefeated uh, they've played 9 and got maximum 27 points uh, Peel today now that puts them played 10 so one game more than Russian on 25 points so it's all there to battle for but Corinthians have climbed up the table a little bit before today's game, and they'll be happy enough. Uh, this morning they started 10 points behind Peel. Uh, now they're 13 points behind them, but 2 0, I think, is a fair result for a very young uh, Corinthian side. And uh, the goal scorers uh, for Peel were Kieran Broadhead. Well done, Kieran. He got the first one. Joe Crookall got the second. Very well. And last but certainly not least, DPS Limited Combination 2. And we start here Braddon 8, Colby 1. Yeah, some goals in this league, and it was uh, Dave uh, Kate, I think it was. Uh, I've got down here as two goals. Uh, Ryan uh, Edwards got uh, two. Reese Lake, Will Tier, uh, Charlie Knight, and Adam Fair. Shearer, as everyone knows him. Uh, we haven't got Colby's goal scorer. 166, 177. Goals in all the other fixtures as well. And, uh, a belter, six goal belter between Foxdale and Castletown. 3 3 between the two sides. Yeah, it was. And uh, Ollie Lee with one of the goals for Castletown. Rob uh, Paolo got the other, Rob Power. And Ben Anderson. Uh, got the third one, haven't got Foxdale's goal scorers. And if uh, you thought that was enough goals, think <laughs> again, because nine goals in the next game between Malou and Paul Rose. Malou five, Paul Rose four. Well, I can tell you how the scoring uh, went on this one as well uh, today. Um, later score, uh, Malou nil, Paul Rose one. That was after 15 minutes. Billy McBurney uh, got the goal there. Then uh, Malou won, uh, Paul Rose won. Don't know who scored uh, that goal, but that was two minutes after Pulley had taken the lead. Uh, then uh, Malou took the lead of the game on 21 minutes. On 27 minutes, it was uh, Malou 3, uh, Paul Rose 1, and that was the half-time score. Then uh, Paul Rose got one back through JP Joyce on 52 minutes to make it Malou 3, Paul Rose 2. And then uh, Paul Rose equalised on 56 minutes that man. Again, JP Joyce uh, got that goal. Then uh, Malou took the lead on 68 minutes, 4-3. And then Paul Rose equalised again from Callum Dunn. So no one wanted to win this game, Rob, by the sound of it. That was on 80 minutes. And then uh, uh, it was Malou who got the fifth goal uh, towards the end. I think it was the last couple of minutes. What a great game. 
first class and well refereed as well. And we've got here the referee was absolute class by a second person and his name was Kelly. Well, it wasn't David Kelly because I was watching him today. Uh, but whoever the other Kelly was, take about. You've had good reports here from two people to say that your performance today was superb. Always good to hear uh, good comments and good feedback for the uh, Manx officials do a great job each week in yeah. getting our games on here on the Isle of Man. That seemed like really one of the games to be at. And rounding things up, Ramsey Youth Centre 3, Michael 1 in Combi 2. Yeah, and I haven't got any goal scorers, but uh, Ramsey Youth Centre, keep a touch, Combi 2. You know, they're a reasonable team. And Michael, a bit closer than I thought. I thought Ramsey Youth Centre would have uh, made a bigger, wider gap in that one. But, uh, you know, Michael got it together today. Well, those are your footballing results on the Isle of Man for Saturday, the 3rd of December. Well, Tony, just before we let you go, just a simple thing. We've had a lot of weather-related postponements recently. To see all these games going ahead, how good was that from an organisation side to allow it all to happen? Absolutely brilliant, brilliant, Rob. But when I see things like this, I go credit to the ground staff because the ground staff worked tirelessly out there to improve pitches. And unfortunately, we lost uh, the main man this year, Mike Atherton, who passed away and uh, Mike's uh, input into the condition of the pitches and how to treat them is, is second to none. And hopefully uh, we can get a new system in going because uh, the English FA also have funded clubs who have got their own pitch, pitch improvement grants to verti drain it, fertiliser and stuff. But no, it's all down to the ground staff. And I know when I've seen some of the venues that FC Alleman have played on and also the Ireland squad, they're nowhere near some of the conditions over here and one of the major turnaround pitches I look at is, is Malou. You know, congratulations to Gary Gilbert. It's incredible when I've been down there, the condition of it, how it used to be to how it is now. All hard work has paid off and well done to all the ground staff. And just one one final note, we've just been told about who was the referee at the Malou-Paul Rose game, Paul Hodgkinson. So uh, there well, we go. There, all credit to the referee given to Paul well, Hodgkinson. Uh, That's Paul what I'm being told here by the listeners messaging in. So yeah. thank you very much Paul for that. Paul is actually... Uh, a re uh, an official linesman for the Championship Football in England. He's our fo uh, referees development officer. He is absolute quality. He is quality, and that can only bode well with our officials learning uh, from that. And, uh, you know, I witnessed today Dave Kelly. I've heard good reports about him. And, you know, it's just one of those. I think we need to turn a corner here because, you know, referees are only human. They will make a mistake and stuff, but... You know, there's some quality here. And OK, if the decision goes against you, look at it. Was it the right decision, wasn't it? And uh, just congratulate them instead of chastising them because we need them. And we've got some excellent officials here on the island. Absolutely. Well, Tony, thank you very much. As ever, and we'll be catching up with you very soon. OK, we're now going to move things on to rugby and action in the Regional 2 Northwest. Counties 3 ADM and Ravenscroft Bank Shield all this weekend. Douglas, Vagabonds and the Island Sides all in action. And hopefully we'll be joined in a moment by Dave Christian to take a look through all of those. But first off, we will give you the classified rugby results for Saturday, the 3rd of December. In the Regional 2 Northwest, Glossop 28, Douglas 20. In the Counties 3 ADM Langs Cheshire Division, New Brighton 73, Vagabonds 7. In the Ravenscroft Manx Shield, Castletown versus Western Vikings, an away win, Castletown unable to field a team. Emerging Nomads 59, Southern Nomads 24. And Ramsey 64, Ramsey B 29. There's your classified rugby results for Saturday, the 3rd of December. Well, he's been waiting very patiently. We hope we have him on the end of the line now. Dave Christian. Dave, very good evening to you. Yeah, good evening, Rob. OK, let's take a look through all the results today. We'll start right at the top of the tree, I guess, as you put it. Regional 2 Northwest with Douglas travelling to Glossop. Coming into this one on back-to-back -back wins, you predicted that this would be a, a difficult game to try and make it three in a row. And it's proved to be that case, hasn't it, this weekend? Yeah, and sometimes when I'm analysing the result and I'm looking at the timeline for the score in here, um, it glossed up with 20 points to six up at half time. And it's quite a, an unusual feature that sometimes with the Isle of Man side on the road, it takes them half a game just to get into it. And I don't know why that it's that case. And maybe it's the travel, the early start, the potential late finish. Uh, but sometimes you often see uh, the Isle of Man sides on the road uh, like slipping in the first half. In this case, it was a Chris Sonzak try for Glossop. Uh, conversion of a penalty from Liam McGovern put them 10-0 up. 
Uh, Luke Highland hit back with two penalties for Douglas before a try from uh, replacement wing Zach Round, plus another conversion penalty from McGovern. Uh, give them that 20 points to six lead at half time. In the second half, uh, as you'll see from the statistics, Douglas won the second half at 14 points to uh, eight. Uh, but uh, it was a little bit too late. They dug their heels in, though. They got two tries through uh, wing Max Morley-Green, and uh, Luke Highland converted both of those. That actually levelled the score at 20-20, and uh, McGovern added another penalty that put uh, Glossop at three points in front, 23-20. And a late try from Jordan Marshall uh, meant that uh, Glossop finished winners by eight. And, of course, if you were uh, defeated by seven points or less, you pick up a bonus point. Uh, for the losing side and uh, that try from uh, Jordan Marshall close to the end of the match uh, meant uh, Douglas didn't even get a losing bonus point from the game uh, which is disappointing for them I think that second half performance deserved something at least but uh, just the wrong side of the, the way the guillotine falls for bonus points um, as fortune would have it for Douglas, uh, the teams that are immediately around them all uh, had predictable results, so it hasn't affected their league position any. And uh, they've got, as I said uh, in preview, they've got that game against Vale of Lude in two weeks' time, and that's probably a better prospect for them to pick up from uh, some more points in the table. But uh, disappointing today, just lost out by eight points and then uh, that eight points mean they're just one point away from the bonus point as well so uh, well done to Douglas for a second half performance but unfortunately uh, just a little bit too little too late so a spirited performance from Douglas there but just not quite enough to get the points today and try and back up those back-to-back wins they'd had not to be in Glossop where we move on to the Counties 3 ADM Langs Cheshire Division and in contrast to what was expected to be a close contest between Glossop and Douglas today Vagabonds had a very daunting task away to second placed New Brighton on the Wirral and New Brighton really showing their quality in this one a bit of a harsh lesson for Vagabonds today they knew it was going to be tough and it proved to be the case New Brighton 73 Vagabonds 7 Dave yeah, I mean, going into the game, Rob, you're quite right. Daunting task, New Brighton in second place. Uh, but uh, further stat analysis, which is what I do when I'm sat in front of a computer weeknights just to keep me out of mischief. Uh, further analysis of the figures shows that uh, New Brighton have uh, conceded the least number of points in the division and also scored the most so they've got the tightest defence and the most powerful attack. Uh, they're in second place. They'd won their previous five fixtures on the trot and are looking at reasonable candidates for promotion. Uh, New Brighton, Hoylake and Garstang are probably the three to watch out for here. But uh, Thornton Cleveland's just coming up on the rails. Uh, for Vagabonds, though, they're bottom of the table. They were six points ad- uh, eight points adrift, sorry. And uh, there's no real sign or indication where those points might come from. Um, we know that it wasn't quite full strength side today. Um, Mark Oldfield, for example, didn't travel. They're really missing Nathan Gibson. Um, Nathan was actually down at Ramsey this afternoon, had a quick chat, and um, he explained that he's returning home to uh, Northern Ireland, where he's originally from, and he's returning home in January. So uh, he's got no real interest in in, uh, in playing uh, rugby and, and, and doing all the associated pro- problems that there are with travel. Um, so uh, he'd be a bit of a loss for rugby in the Isle of Man. He's a great player, great ball carrier. And uh, he had a little trot out for, for Ramsey this afternoon <laughs> uh, as he was uh, unable to travel away to uh, New Brighton. Uh, so, yeah, disappointment for Vagabonds. But Old Betty and Port Sunlight both lost this afternoon. Um, the, the number of weekends is dwindling now. Uh, they're about halfway through the fixtures. Um, it's going to be 18 fixtures here. Vagabonds now play 10, so there's eight left for them. And uh, it's difficult to see where the wins are going to come from. We do have the new coach, Franzi Gamisha's appointed this week. Uh, Franzi's uh, going to have to do a, a little bit of work up there, I would think, just to get things rolling for Vagabonds. But uh, yeah, disappointment for them today. Um, they're at home against Duckenfield next Saturday. And hopefully we'll get up there and cover that one for Saturday Live and uh, maybe see if we can get a chat with Franzi as well while we're there. Very well. Then let's look domestically. There were originally three games scheduled this weekend in the Ravenscroft Mang Shield. One of those, Castletown versus Western White Vikings. That was awarded as an away win to Western Vikings with Castletown sadly unable to field a team. But otherwise, Dave, two intra-club derbies between Emerging Nomads and Southern Nomads and the two Ramsey sides as well. 
Yeah, I mean, intra-club games are always good because there's competition for, for places. And uh, sometimes you find that uh, the games will throw up uh, injuries because um, not everybody is fully committed. And when you're trying to play at half chat, it sometimes doesn't quite work for you. Uh, but I can guarantee you at Ramsey, there was nobody pulling any punches this afternoon. Um, yes, they're all great friends off the field, but on it, uh, it was full on. Um, Ivo Murray um, opened up the account for the Blues, who uh, were on top for most of the game. Um, him and Brandon Atchison uh, managed uh, three tries apiece during the match. And there were also scores for the Blues from Dan Richmond, Harry Radford and Jake Richmond. Richmond brothers both weighing in with scores. For the Reds, uh, it was competitive enough. And you know, the last 15 minutes were no score in it at all. Uh, but by that stage, the damage had already been done. And at least three of the Blues tries came from Reds handling errors when they were going forward. So a uh, little bit to work on for the players in their training drills this week. Scorers for the Reds, well, skipper Matthew Meekin picked up two tries. There were two tries from fullback Luke Ward, and there was also a score from Connor Cracknell in the back row. Uh, but, uh, but I think uh, on the balance of things, uh, Ramsey had picked two sides that were going to be reasonably competitive, um, but the back line from the Blues was just uh, too quick for the Reds this afternoon. Um, down at uh, Nomads, it was a different kettle of fish altogether. Uh, the Whites pretty much dominated from start to finish, whereas at Ramsey, at uh, 36-19, I think it was a half-time, early in the second half when Meekin and Ward had added their second tries for the Reds. Uh, there was only seven points in the game, and it was the Blues that ran away with it in a spell from about 50 minutes to 65 uh, down at Port Erin, though, uh, the Whites down at Southern Nomads, uh, they took an early lead. Two tries from the veteran wing, Andy Lean. Uh, Tony Quinn pulled back one for the Greens, but tries from Sam Kenyuk, Jack Slight and Mike Evans uh, restored their advantage for the Whites, and they led 37-14 at half-time. In the second half, John Jasinski and Josh Smith both added to Green's woes. Andy Lean bagged his fourth of the afternoon, and Mark Young also picked up a score late on. Uh, Jack Wallace went in for a try for the Greens, but uh, it just wasn't enough there this afternoon. Uh, White's uh, firmly in charge, and uh, they're actually going to go top of the uh, Ravenscroft Manx Shield standings. Uh, in fact, they're actually clear by, I think it's a point, and uh, also have two games in hand. Uh, but I think those games in hand may well, at least one of them is against Ramsey. So uh, that's going to be uh, a tough one for uh, for the Nomads Whites. And uh, I don't think we've got a date for that. It was a postponement from earlier on. So that's going to be slotted in sometime in January. And that match could well have a bearing on where the Manx Shield goes eventually. But uh, two solid games this afternoon. Big scores, lots of tries. And I'm sure there'll be two clubhouses or two pubs full of uh, rugby players tonight clapping each other on the back because uh, they're a friendly sort of bunch once they get off the pitch. Dave Christian, as ever, thank you very much for your input. Manx Radio Sport. Well, finally this evening we move on to hockey and it was the final action of the mixed hockey season taking place at the National Sports Centre in Douglas. And while there wasn't a huge quantity of games, we most certainly had quality in those games because it was Mixed Cup Finals Day. The Mixed Bowl, Mixed Plate and Mixed Cup all being decided today in some thrilling games. Well, before we turn to Ben Cunningham, who had a fantastic day down at the NSC for more analysis, we'll bring you the classified hockey results for Saturday, the 3rd of December, which are as follows. The Mixed Bowl Final. Ramsey Ravens 2, Backers Colts 3. In the Mixed Cup Final, Vikings A 0, Backers A 2. And in the Mixed Plate Final, Castletown Southerners 1, Harlequins A 1, Castletown Southerners win 5-4 on penalty strokes. Well, to take a look at all this and uh, listening throughout the day on Saturday Live with Paul Moran from his reports to us from the NSC, it sounded like a bouncing atmosphere down there. He has certainly got his breath back now. He's all relaxed. He sat across from me grinning there. He's had a fantastic day. Ben Cunningham, very good evening good to evening. you. Good evening. I've just about thawed out. <laughs> It's been a cold day, hasn't it? But at least the at least the rain held off, and it meant that there were plenty of people down at the National Sports Centre to yeah. watch some great hockey today. Yeah, loads of people were down, and I mean, if you were listening to Saturday Live, that last game, the atmosphere down there was just electric. 
Absolutely. Well, let's get into it then. Let's start with what was the early pushback of the day. Five past 11 in the final of the mixed bowl. And it saw Ramsey Ravens and Backers Colts facing off. Ramsey Ravens runners up in mixed division two this season against Backers Colts, the champions of division three. And it was the side in the lower tier that came away with the silverware today. Backers Colts beating Ramsey Ravens by three goals to two. Yeah, and I mean, we've talked about it week in, week out. Backers Colts' defensive record has been brilliant. And this, it proved it today. They were one up at half time. Uh, the first goal came in the ninth minute, and that was Dave Parton's. A brilliant short corner, just put away nice, nicely. 1-0 to Backers Colts into half time. Ramsey lost it a little. They had a few players get simbins and that, but eventually, once once they got their heads back in the game, they started to you know create chances, but just couldn't find the goal in the first half. So it ended one nil at half time, and then second half, it just got going again. And within six minutes, backers were two up, and it was a great um, goal. Just backers got the ball in the middle of the uh, park. And just played, played it, played it around, passed it around, and then they got two on one, the keeper, and a cheeky little uh, finish, and that was uh, Alex Stewart for Backers Colts' second goal, and then the goals just kept coming, uh, three nil then, within a matter of three minutes, um, Sienna Millwall then scored across Ramsey, just really couldn't clear the ball out of the D, and across into the D, and Sienna Millwall was there on the post, and you thought you would have thought. That was game over. But then Ramsey just found another gear. And then Ramsey then came back with two quick goals. First one came from uh, Millie Gelder. And that was a, a a pass from the middle of the park in by Paul Hunter. And Millie was there just a gentle tap in on the post and caught the keeper out 3-1. And you thought, mm, OK, maybe Ramsey might do it here. And they did. They got a second. And uh, Dan Stevens uh, scored the second. And I must say his celebration was... Um, Quite spectacular. Um, I won't. I won't embarrass him too much on the radio. But yeah, fair play to you for your celebration. Um, but then yeah, but Ramsey kept going. But then sadly, um, just near the end of the game, there uh, one of the Ramsey players took a, a knock, and unfortunately, it ended a sadly an ambulance job. But we uh, we managed to get the game finished, and it finished three uh, two to backers Colts. But it was a it was a real. Uh, proper ding dong affair to the end of the game. Well, we wish we do wish the uh, individual concerned there all the very best and a very quick recovery as well. Turning to Backers Colts, a big result in itself against a team in the division above. Backers Colts, of course, for the next mixed season will be going into that division. How well does this bode for them if they can pull that off against the runners up of Division Two this time around? Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, you 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 the way you the way they were playing today. You would think they were a Division One team. They were they were passing the ball around. You know they weren't taking on too many tackles. It wasn't like eleven individuals on the pitch. They were playing as a team, and that's how they've won it today. They've played as a team, and they've won it as a team. Absolutely. So backers as a club taking the first silverware of the mixed cup finals day, and they also got the second piece of silverware in the game after in the mixed cup final. The old foes meeting for the third time this season: Vikings A and Backers A in the mixed cup final. When these two teams have met in the league, Backers A six nil winners earlier in the season, and then three one winners last week in the final league weekend of the season, and Backers getting a third win over Vikings A this season to take their second piece of silverware. And What's been a brilliant campaign for Backers A. Backers A beating Vikings A in the Mixed Cup final by two goals to nil. Yeah, half time, nil nil. So it was it was all to play for in the second half. I mean, I, I know I said to Paul Moran um that, you know, the second half is gonna proper go up another level and the temperature is gonna proper heat up. Um but I mean backers went really close in the first half and then right on the end right at the end of the first half. Uh, Vikings got a break and they went one-on-one with the backers keeper but the backers keeper today he was like a brick wall just nothing was getting past him he was so demanding in there you know if the ball came into the deed he was shouting my ball so his defense knew don't get in the way I'm coming for this and you know they played so well and then it got into the second half and then um, five minutes into the second half Andy Whiting goes and uh, bags himself a short corner a uh, brilliant injection by Jamie Brown, 
to Andy White in, and he absolutely fat rocketed it, put it into the back of the net, and it was one nil to backers. And then the game really then proper got going. Vikings were, you know, really pushing, throwing everything they could at it. I mean, there was a few tasty tackles as well, but you know, the the heat of the game really started to show there, and you know the intensity picked up. But then twenty one minutes into the second half. Um, backers managed to get the ball into the D, a nice little chip over um, a Vikings stick into the D, and yet again Jamie Brown assisting this goal again, across into the D and then put away by uh, Ballard Craig um, to make it 2-0 to backers, and then from there on, just backers just really played played the, uh, the, the game to the end and just made sure that they cemented the 2-0 win, because they knew they had the job done and they knew that all they had to do was just keep Vikings away from the goal. I mean, Vikings had chances, and that, and they did come close near the end, and they did hit the post, and you you would have thought, you know, if they'd hit the post, right, well, you know, but credit to them, 2-0 winners, backers, eh? Yeah, congratulations, backers, eh, on the league and cup double there. And last but certainly not least, we had the mixed plate final between Castletown Southerners and Harlequins, eh, both of Division 1, and this did not disappoint this game. 1-1 at full time, and it went down to the drama of penalty strokes. And it's the Southern side who came out on top, wasn't it, Ben? Yep, the Southerners are going home happy tonight. I think there'll be a party definitely going on down south tonight. Uh, Castletown Southerners winning it 5-4 on flicks. Uh, but oh my word, what a game! That after both those games, this was the game just perfect to round off the the day, and it had everything in it. It was end to end, goal chances going just wide, you know. Oh, and there was goal line clearances, you name it. Uh, for Castletown, it was um, it was Zoe uh, Shimon who got Castletown's goal and then they went half 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 time they went one nil up and then in the second half just Quinns really picked up the the momentum and then they got their goal from a short corner um brilliant little worked short corner uh, passed it around in the D and then just nicely finished off by Rachel Middleton and from there Harlequins really picked up you know the momentum the goal really just sh- shot another level into them and it just had everything, as you probably heard from the commentary. And then if you, you know, it just, it this game had everything. And this game for me was the game of the day by far. And just very quickly, we've got like two or three minutes here. We spoke a little bit, didn't we, about where, where each side could get the advantage on the other. You mentioned Harlequins scoring goals for fun at times, but maybe a little more open at the back. And Castletown, with the way they move the ball about as well and their discipline defensively, from a neutral perspective, you watching on, did that, difference in playing styles should provide a perfect combination for a day's hockey oh yeah absolutely castletown like i like i said in my preview just you know passing the ball around and then they managed to find gaps which harlequins left open but then harlequins they had their chances you know and unfortunately just they couldn't put them away or just the castletown keeper just you know was able to save them but like i say this this mixed plate game was for me the game of the day and what a game to finish the day on. Absolutely. Well, Ben, thank you very much as ever and uh, for some excellent reports out of the National Sports Centre early day on Mixed Cup Finals Day in the hockey. That rounds us all up for Saturday Sport Classified this week on Manx Radio AM 1368. If you have missed anything in terms of scores and analysis, you'll be able to catch this as a podcast very shortly after we finish here. And just one quick mention, in fact, just towards boxing. And we can give you the news that we got in the last hour that uh, Jade Burden, who was taking part in the semi-finals of the women's 60 kilo class at the Algarve Box Cup 2022. Jade has sadly narrowly been beaten on a split decision by a really high caliber opponent in Italian Alessia Messiano as well, a world championship medalist as well. So a fantastic effort from Jade Burden out there running so close against such high quality opposition. Fellow Manx boxer who's representing No Limits Gym in Liverpool, Jamie Devine, he's back in action today in the semi-finals of the men's 60kg after winning his quarterfinal yesterday. We await to see the results of that. Well, thank you very much again to my guests as ever this week, Tony Meppham, Dave, Christian and Ben Cunningham. We'll now be handing back over to Christy Dehaven. In the meantime, have yourself a very good evening and a very good weekend. So until next time, bye for now. Manx Radio Sport.